Hello, and welcome to The Hearing. I'm John. And from Chicago's North Side, I am Scotto. And this will be our last episode of 2023. We did a separate podcast with our best and worst lists for The Hearing, as well as Zombie Takeout. I'm putting that up first, so that, that'll be up there if you're hearing this. Okay. First, we have some listeners submitted. This is from John Phillips on Facebook. In reference to last week's episode, he said, The synth of Baba O'Reilly is from the original demo. It's hard. Their final album was 1982. I said it was 84. Oh. Uh And the song You Better You Bet is from Face Dances, I think was the album before then. And I should have remembered that because that was like an album my sister had. Ah, okay. And if, you know, that was definitely a late seventies thing, mm-hmm. so which, I mean, it's funny cause that, uh, greatest hits I had did not include evidence front. <laughs> it didn't include a lot. I don't think it included, um, oh, I'm trying to think there was a big single they had that it wasn't even on there. <laughs> From that era, all I can think of is better you bet eminence front. Uh, another tricky day got a little airplay, but I don't know if that was a big single. Um, oh, he also said, John also said the box set for Who's Next is awesome. Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about the big one, the, the, um, with all of the stuff for the concept piece. Oh, oh, (laughs) that sounds intense though. Mm. Like a hundred tracks. 155, I want to say 11 discs. Five, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. I can't imagine shelling that kind of money out for anybody like not even like rush or any year oh how much money was it again i didn't check but it's got to be well over 100 for 11 discs (laughs) now we have to look it up of course (laughs) he also said if you have amazon prime it may still be free there's a series of hour-length documentaries called classic albums dark side the band Catch a Fire and even Who's Next during the series. Check them out. All right. So I'm seeing a couple of... This is like Who's Next slash Light, Lifehouse. Mm-hmm. Lifehouse, uh, that was it. Couldn't think of the name. One's $200 and one's 260 Okay. Yeah. But more That's than a little not... more than I expected. Yeah. I mean, it's more than I spent for the Pink Floyd box set, but that was a good 30 years ago. Mm. And that was a good, like, eight albums. I, I bought B.B. King's box set a while ago. It was decades ago. It was nowhere near that kind of money. <laughs> and I, again, like I said, I can't think of anybody I would spend that kind of money on. Maybe it was close to that much. But then again, think about it, though. I, was con- I needed to convert to CDs anyway at the time because I had mm. all my Pink Floyd stuff on cassettes. And so it was like eight albums plus the early singles. It was a, it was a good buy. Now we have a news story. We don't normally do news on the hearing, but this one really jumped out at me. I was surprised this jumped out at you. Did you read it? Yes, it did. Okay. Um, you're still surprised. Um, well, I mean, I remember when we did the um, we did an episode of Zombie Takeout well, yeah. where well, I parodied the Outcast. This the is album not, in the title. Let me get to the, the story from NPR. Exclusive yeah. Andre 3000 opens up about New Blue Sun, his daring new solo album. For the first time in over 17 years, Andre 3000 is releasing an album of new music. New Blue Sun announced today and set to be released this Friday, November 17th, two days after we're recording this. 
is a stunning 87-minute mind-bender minimalist and experimental tribal and transcendent. <laughs> One thing it is not, however, is a rap record. No bars, no beats, no sub-bass. Andre doesn't even sing on this joint either. What he does do is play flute and plenty of it. I was fortunate that I did not have like a glass of coffee or water while reading that because I would have definitely done a spit take when I, that line yeah, came up. Same. <laughs> uh, this is why it drew my attention. Um, Contrabass yeah, flute, Mayan flutes, bamboo flutes, along with other digital wind instruments. In place of lyrics, he offers eight provocative song titles, the first of which almost reads like a low-key apology with a wink of irony. Quote, I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. <laughs> Track two, the slang word pussy rolls off the tongue with far better ease than the proper word vagina. Do you agree? <laughs> Track three, that night in Hawaii when I turned into a panther and started making these low register purring tones that I couldn't control. Shit was wild. I didn't realize these were song titles when yeah. I was reading it. Okay. Track four, Bipolar Disorder's daughter wears a 3000 TM button down embroidered. Track five, 93 till infinity in Beyonce. Track six, Gandhi, Dalai Lama, your Lord and Savior, JC, Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and John Wayne Gacy. Track seven, Ants to You, Gods to Who? I think that's my favorite. And track eight, dreams once buried beneath the dungeon floor slowly spout, sprout into undying gardens. Between wow. the flutes and those titles, I am deeply intrigued by this album. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, anything Andre yeah. 3000 would have put him out, I would have been mm -hmm. interested in hearing. But this... Right is i mean wow <laughs> he's always done interesting stuff i mean i was yeah. even a fan of the animated show he did class of 3000 um, yeah, i'm not familiar with that and i was trying to think if he did something after the big outcast album um speaker box love yeah. below um because they're saying it was 17 years 17 years and that puts it at like what um well 2006, uh, yeah so it had to have been after that because mm -hmm. speaker box love below Ooh, yeah, was probably three or four or, or on the tuesday afternoon show i should say yeah yeah one of the last episodes mm -hmm. anyway on to this week's album which is from 1976 rising by rainbow Rainbow are a British-American rock band formed in London and Los Angeles in 1975 by guitarist Richie Blackmore in the aftermath of his departure from Deep Purple. The band originally featured four members of the American band Elf, including their singer Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio. Insert Ronnie James Dio, who was, notor <laughs> was notoriously short being in a band called Elf jokes. <laughs> But after Rainbow's self-titled debut album, Blackmore fired all of them except for Dio. Rising is the band's second studio album. It was released on May 17, 1976 on Polydor Records. 
produced by Martin Birch and features Ronnie James Dio on vocals, Richie Blackmore on guitar, Tony Carey on keyboards, Jimmy Bain on bass, and Cozy Powell on drums with additional musicians, the Munich Philharmonic Orchestra, <laughs> conducted by Rainer Peach. Reminder, I don't edit any songs into our reviews for copyright reasons, but on our blog at johnandscott.wordpress.com, you'll find links to Rising on Spotify and YouTube, so you can listen along if you'd like. Track one, Tarot Woman. This one starts off with a nice long synth solo. Love that bending. Same year as Fly Like an Eagle, by the way. Like okay. not I don't know if it, you know who came first, but <laughs> still very ahead of the curve on synthesizers. Oh yeah. I was kind of it was another one of those if I I just wasn't ready for it when it came on. Like uh-huh. Is this some sort of like, you know, remaster, you know, post production kind of thing? Because this is way ahead of 76. And very impressed with Tony Carey because all I knew of him before this were two singles he released in the early 80s uh, The Last Day of Summer and A Fine Day. I don't know if anybody else remembers of those songs. I do not remember them. Very 80s pop. Um, yeah, early 80s pop so uh, uh, far cry from Rainbow um, it's interesting that I mean from what I understand Rainbow went in a very poppy direction after Dio belt I mean but, didn't everybody though yeah fair um, I think the guitar fades in a bit too quickly but it's got a nice galloping groove Dio was just amazing um, I love that guitar riff in the beginning yeah. uh, I I, I kind of wish it kept at that simpler uh pace but that it got you know more complicated so but but it's still a a killer riff dio was the freddie mercury of heavy metal (laughs) like one of the absolute greatest singers in rock and roll and of course this song just i mean you think of the rollins bit (laughs) of evil woman yeah yeah (laughs) look out (laughs) it's it's very much in the same vein as dio solo work yeah with the same bass player so all I'm thinking of is, you know, young Rollins with the hairbrush yeah, yeah. <laughs> making the pose with the one leg up. Now, the one criticism I have of the album, well, one of the criticisms I have of the album as a whole is that the mix is really flat. You know, I listened to both <laughs> mixes because actually, well, the, the Spotify has three different mixes of the album. Oh, OK. I, I did two of them because I figure the rough mix wouldn't be like what they released. But there's a New York mix and an L.A. mix. What the difference is between the two of those? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So it's all kind of flat and mono sounding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they kind of are. Um, I don't know. The version on um, YouTube sounded pretty good, though, okay. I, I got to say. Um, I did like the panning in the guitar solo, though I think the solo as a whole was pretty meandering. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you were going like, <laughs> to like sort And that's n- not something I would have ever expected to say about Blackmore. He's pretty, usually pretty concise. Yeah, but this, this you could tell he was just letting mm. it all fly. <laughs> this whole album. Yeah. Track two, Run With The Wolf. Love the opening riff. Great groove. I want to hear Jimmy Bean more because I love his playing. This is so ridiculous and silly, but God, it's fucking perfect for metal. 
Yeah. Uh, great <laughs> harmonies in the chorus. It's interesting that it's just the center and the left. There's also this nice little slide solo. Yeah, yeah. Like a, it's, it, this is probably the least noodly of his solos. Yeah. He, he's in and out, but it's kind of this slide guitar thing going on. And and Powell, I mean, mm-hmm. damn. <laughs> what can well, you say about Powell? Well, we'll the get only to guy Powell in a later in. track. The only guy that could ever fill in for Carl Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> Track three, Starstruck. Nice syncopated intro. Great bluesy groove. What has always blown me away about Dio is he could get bluesy and technical equally well. I'm I'm picking this one for weakest, though, because the, the repetition just... Mm. I mean, there's other songs where they get a little repetitive on it, but this one's kind of like a, what? <laughs> and he goes for another, Blackmore goes for another uh, slide solo on this one. Oh, you know what? I didn't even notice that, that he did a slide again. Track four, Do You Close Your Eyes? This is my pick for weakest. <laughs> you know, there's a way he could have found the answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> That would be far more entertaining than singing about it. The riff is just cliche arena rock. The vocals sound kind of far away. Just way too many highs in the mix. Now, it wasn't cliche in 76 at this point, though. I mean, this is all... I mean, arena rock, you could say, you know, ELP started it. But, you know, then Zeppelin was right on them. But the rest of the album was very ahead with metal. Yeah. Um, I mean, Deep Purple was already leaning was already leaning in that direction. Um, now, it saved this from being my weakest. I, I like the harmonies and the drums, of course. Uh, but, yeah. And I like the claps towards the end. Mm-hmm. Enough to... And they were really brief with this one. Under three minutes. Yeah, fortunately, it's the, the shortest... It has an oddly sudden stop. If Starstruck had been probably a minute or so less, it probably wouldn't stand out as so, so bad. But uh, yeah, it was uh, you know pretty close. Track five, Stargazer, the epic. This is my pick for favorite. Same here. This is easily the strongest by, by a mile. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, opening I mean, drum solo is just mind-blowing. We'll be honest, though. This is obviously a Led Zeppelin ripoff, but goddamn, it's good. And this is what Dio spent the next, well, not the next, because he went to Black Sabbath after this, but spent half of the 80s doing. Yeah. This was really the blueprint for his solo work. Um, <laughs> great riff, great groove. Love the verse melody. Love those ghostly keys in the pre-chorus. I wonder if Open Mike Eagle sampled the last year's uh, song Circuit City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd always thought it was the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon theme, but they're, these are, they're pretty close. <laughs> this is where Blackmore and Dio finally become the heavy metal Reese's Cup that they could be. <laughs> yes, the heavy metal Reese's. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> There's just this classic Blackmore solo. And I'm not normally into speed when it comes to, you know, guitar playing, but yeah. Blackmore did it incredibly well. Uh, and just the, the ridiculous lyrics, but God, I mean, it's, it's at this point, it's not even, 
I mean, it became cliche way after this, mm-hmm. but things like the shadow of the wizard. Right. And Dio's ad libs in the outro were just beautiful. <laughs> ah, yeah. This one is a keeper, definitely. And finally, track six, A Light in the Black. Great metal groove, good riff. I like how they play with the time. I can finally hear Jimmy Bain on this one. Um, this took me a few listens to to win me over. I mean, I was dead set on picking this for weakest early on, <laughs> but uh, the more you listen to it, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I see what they're going for. Good vocal melody. Love the synth solo. Love that kind of classical part where the guitar and the synth play together. Blackmore's proper solo gets a little noodly. Um, I think the Honestly, instrumental section in general is too long. I just got bored. I was going to say, I, I, I'm ex- the exact opposite. Uh, if this were just eight minutes of instrumental, I think I would have no problem with this. Lyrically, he's saying the same thing over and over again. He's going home. He's going back. It's <laughs> he, and He's just finding different ways of saying how he's going home. <laughs> as much like, as I was, you know, gushing about Dio's singing ability, which I will always do because he yeah. was one of the absolute greats. From a lyrical perspective, Dio gonna Dio. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a difference between the evil woman and the, you know, shadow of the wizard and just uh, just kind of making up, you know, yeah. <laughs> synonyms for a phrase. And just It's like a kid in a book report with a hundred words and he's, you know, putting yeah, things in there. Um, but it's a great road trip song. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, this is, and I think it had a disservice of being after Stargazer, mm-hmm. which, I mean, Stargazer should is. Should have been the ending. Should have. This is a good song to end a concert with, obviously, right. going home. Which and I stuff think was the noodling. intention. But Stargazer should have ended this album. And yeah. then split the two epics up rather than having them just. Yeah. This was side two was just Stargazer and a light in the black. Right. And I think you mentioned it was a concert closer. This maybe should have opened the album. Ooh, I hadn't even thought of that. Open it with the long blazing, you know, ass kicker and then close it with the epic. Wow. So then you put like terror woman to start the second side Mm -hmm. and, and end with Stargazer after that. Um, yeah. All right. I hadn't even thought of that. That that's that's ballsy though to put like a long track to start the album. I mean But when it's a long track with a long instrumental, it's Yeah. It's just a good jumping in point. I mean I was just thinking of closing the first side with it and mm-hmm. then Yeah, you could also go that route. Right? Beginning the album yeah. with Terror Woman, of course. So do you recommend it? I definitely do. Um it's it's very rare that I find a metal album where I'm like, yeah, this. <laughs> but the, yeah, th- this was definitely a nice find. I think we're both going against type on this one because I don't recommend it, um, except oh. for Stargazer. Listen to Stargazer. But aside <laughs> from that, just listen to some Dio solo stuff and some Deep Purple. It'll be a better experience. You'll have you know two great singers. If you go with the early Dio, two amazing guitar players. I mean, this would have even been on my honorable mention, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, not okay. wouldn't have made my 10. No. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil the episode, though. 
Interesting little side note, because I was looking into the various eras of Deep Purple once I found out that this was during the time that Blackmore left. The only member of the band who has played on every album is the drummer, Ian Pace. Oh, wait. But Powell on this one, though. No, uh, Deep Purple I'm talking about. Oh, and Deep Purple. The only member of Deep Purple who has played on every Deep Purple album is Ian Pace, the drummer. Ah, okay. Oh, and uh, on the, the three different mixes, I haven't listened to this yet, but they're on the rough mix of Stargazer, it begins with a keyboard solo. Ooh. <laughs> which I'll listen to tomorrow. And if you've never heard Tony Carey's Fine Day or Last Day of Summer, I recommend looking them up on Spotify. They're not good, but they're, they're, they're amusing. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> you haven't sold me yet. That's it for Rising and for 2023. Until next year, we'll be starting off with Texas Flood by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Always remember, never forget, wherever you go in life, there you are. There you are.